Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a horse, I can tell you I can have one for any amount of money. What I do have is a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me find horses for people like you. I will look for you. I will pursue for you. I will find you. I will find a horse for you. I am Garrick Knight. Garrick, how are you, mate? You just drove that one on me there, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, buddy, good, thank you. Good to be back, 2023. We've just dodged a cyclone over here, and uh, things are looking rosy. Halfway through the working week, hump day, as some call it. Um, yeah, looking forward to what lies ahead. Yeah, have any? That was a take of the movie Taken with Liam Neeson uh, threatening to find the guy that's abducted his daughter. That was my sort of uh, spin on it. And what a spin it was, I have to say. <laughs> is that going to be a weekly occurrence now, or is that just a one-off? No, that'll probably be a one-off. I did the Sean Connery, and I wanted to do that oh, one. Okay. There was another one I was thinking about doing. I actually texted it to myself, so I have to check that. I can't remember what it was now, but uh, I remember thinking that would be funny too. <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to your creative genius next week. <laughs> I'm a little bit upset, mate. I've just actually just come across my desk here on Twitter, uh, James McDonald, not nominated, not one of the four finalists for New Zealand Sportsman of the Year. Now, I know we're a uh, harness racing segment here, but I just want to note that uh, I don't know what more the guy can do to uh, be recognised um, as an elite sportsman here in his home country. Uh, apparently, uh, looking at the finalists here, there's a trampolinist and a road cyclist and a skier. So I'm not sure what they've done that's better than uh, 19 Group 1 wins across three countries and being the best jockey in the world. So yeah. um, We weren't optimistic Dexter Dunn would make it because he's only raced in North America and that, but uh, we were hoping James McDonald, but not to be. Maybe it's um, former Kiwi Australian James McDonald. That might be the issue, mate. Well, that might be it. Might be a partisan uh, <laughs> voting panel academy, and um, a little bit like Russell Crowe and yeah. um, Pavlova, they <laughs> no longer acknowledge James as a Kiwi. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, as soon as a Kiwi is pretty successful, Australians are pretty quick to claim him. Let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Hundred percent. Some of our best horses too. You know, like. Uh, spoke it up and horses like that, you know, they, they were Kiwis effectively, but we talk about them as Australians. Oh, hey, uh, you ask anyone over there, the mighty Quinn never even, came, never even grew up in New Zealand. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an out-and-out Perth horse. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> now, I'm not sure our Mickey Diva will be spoken about uh, with smoking up and <laughs> on the mighty Quinn ever again, but uh, we'll be in this segment anyway, and... You don't see John and Marie Cowdo have too many horses from New Zealand. I suppose they do get them occasionally. Yeah, well, uh, Dennis Bice, I think the guy's name is. Oh. I think he's a breeder. Possibly, is he from Queensland or from no. Victoria? No, he's um, from Kyneton. He's from Kyneton, Victoria. He's uh, 
He's former committee member at uh, Bendigo Harness Racing Club, and he works at the Bendigo Tourism Board at the CEO of Bendigo Tourism or something like that it's called. Oh, okay. Well, he, he he owns her, but he owned her over here in New Zealand. He must have bought her as a young horse, possibly a yearling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did a really work with a very, very astute condition of John Hay. Had two or three starts over here. Jeez, it seems like it must have been nearly a year ago now. I'm just looking now in front of me. It was May. back in April and May. Um, but I do remember her debut especially, I think it was. Might have been her second start at Rangers. She ran third, but... Um, she really charged home that day. I think I got her in about 56 and 27, just looking at my notes here. She got a bit lost on the side after being four pegs. So perhaps there was a few issues with her greenness, um, which is to be expected from any young horse, I suppose. Uh, but John and Marie, no doubt, um, we've had her for a while now and um, had time to get to know her. She's had nine months away from the track, nearabouts. So, um, yeah, be interested to see how she goes. But she's obviously a filly with a lot of speed um, and scope. And as we know, she's right the right sire as well. So, yeah, being watch, watching with interest this week. And drawing the second line is probably going to, you know, give it, well, it won't give us an indication of the gate speed, but it'll sort of force their hand to drive her a bit cold. And we know when, when and from historically, when she's done that, she's found the line pretty well. So, um yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch with interest. Obviously, fresh up. I don't know if she's had any trials, but definitely one, I think, to paste away going forward. She, knowing Dennis, she'll be purchased as 70% for breeding, and then whatever she does on the racetrack will be a bonus, if that makes sense. Right, okay. So he's obviously a commercial breeder, is he? Yeah, Oh well, he's somewhere between commercial and hobbyist. He's one of the very rare few that... Is somewhere stuck in between that does he must do six or so six to eight mares a year or something like that I'd say. Right. Okay. Oh, well, best of luck to him. Hopefully he's found himself a a nice filly here. Yeah, and super bike too, Dennis. Lovely, lovely bike. Cranburn. Let's talk about trot, uh, trotting tracks in Victoria. On my notes here, uh, they're going to tow Cranburn all the way up to Shepparton, mate. Yeah. <laughs> He threw me for one there. Yeah, no, look, um, this is a really good horse. I mean, I don't think I'm. no one's going to be surprised to hear that. Anyone who's sort of paid attention to the New Zealand top level the last 12, 18 months will be familiar with the horse. Um, but they probably, I think it's fair to say the, the former owners are possibly a little disappointed. Um, I think they probably had aspirations that by now he might have been in the top three or four horses in the country. Um, he was a brilliant sort of mid coming up through the ranks and just when he got to the top there, he just wasn't quite brilliant enough to, to match the copy that's the, the self-assured um, and, the, and the like, you know. But the, the grade below that, he was he was uh, a very, very sharp operator. He's fast, got huge gate speed, can do it tough, can sit parked, you know, great mile rates on his record. Um, very, very versatile horse. Maybe a little bit big, big and clunky, perhaps, if, mm. you, if you're trying to find a fault with him. But, um, look, he, he's well and truly up to that field. And I know I say that knowing that last start into Dominion winners in there. Uh, but um, that being said, I still think Cranbourne, um, with David Aiken, you know, new, new, new stable. I know he's only there short term. But uh, you've got to expect that he's going to be there ready to rumble. And um, just reading between the lines, a story with David was it this morning or yesterday, he seems pretty happy with the horse. So, um, yep, we'll only have him there for a few a few weeks or months or whatever. But um, I dare say he's a strong chance of picking off a, a group two on uh, Saturday night. Gate speed? 
Uh, yeah, very gate speed. Electric out of the gate. Um, you know, I, I would think he would cross those three inside. I don't know a lot about Art Tutor, to be fair, but I would expect he'll cross Bernie Winkle and I cast no shadow. Yeah. Um, and I would assume they'll both those two will both be happy to take a sit on him anyway. Um, the key, obviously, really is going to be um, if I cast no shadow, can maybe come off his back and beat him, or whether you've got a sweeper like uh, Sicario or Majestic Cruiser or, you know, one of them probably come coming over the top late. That's probably what's going to be the decisive factor in the race. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Grimson wasn't in this race. It'd be Cranbourne how far, but <laughs> just his three horses make yeah. it very interesting. Certainly will. Uh, yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. Yeah. For sure. If those three, if those three weren't there, I'd I'd be saying take a dollar fifty on Cranbourne. But obviously, that is not the case. So. And the twenty six ninety certainly, I think, would suit him. He'd be used to racing that distance over there. And I I assume the Hunter Cup will be sort of the perfect race and his main target in Victoria. Yeah. Look, it, it, he's a very versatile horse. His best results were definitely short course when he drew well to lead um, because okay. he's almost insurpassable when when he gets the front over the short course. Um, but again, that's not to say he's not um, adept over, over the longer trip. You know, he's a versatile commodity. So, yep, I, I would uh, I would back him. With, I, I know it's hard to say when there's three from the Grimson stable there, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I, would, I would back him with confidence this week for sure. Uh, there was one other I just wanted to touch on with you too, mate. We've still got three minutes to go. So race at Launceston, race four, number two, Major Grace. It's another Summit and Aaron Bain racing uh, bought out of New Zealand. Goes to Emma Stewart at one first up at uh, Maryborough on the 29th of December. Went down to Tassie. It's won its uh, second start down in Tassie. And it goes, it stayed obviously down in Tasmania for uh, Saturday night. It's a 14 grand mares race up to 65. It'll go around prohibitive odds. Don't worry about that. It'd be better dollar 20 chance, I would imagine. Uh, to, is, what was Major Grace like over in New Zealand? Was she was she a quality filly, or was she you know a few levels below what she's shown when she came to Australia? Firstly, let me say it's not often we talk about the Apple Oil uh, on this segment, so no, um, no. shout out to our shout out to our friends uh, across the was it the Bass Strait? Is that what you call correct, it? Correct. Um, correct. Yeah. Um, look, to be honest with you, I mean she was just okay over here going handy enough race. She couldn't get her maidens, though. Ray Green had her, and so then he couldn't win a race with her, and obviously we know how good a trainer Ray is. Then Stephen Reed had her for a couple of starts after Summit brought her, and um, they couldn't win a race either. So, um, yeah, look, no surprise at all that she's come to Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin and just gone bang, bang, bang. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this segment. They just seem to do that, but, uh, yeah. I would expect she won again. But no, look, to put this in context, I mean, they were telling her to me to go to China about six months ago. Um, you know, we were, she was on a short list of mares that we were looking. And I can tell you, you can read between the lines, you know, the horses that are sitting up being sold to China are certainly ones usually that are deemed not good enough to sort of go to Australia. So um, anyway, that's, that's in the Ch- past. So yeah. China. Once again, they worked the Oracle. China. China. China, yes, correct. And I'm just actually, um, just as we speak this morning, just in conjunction with New Zealand Bloodstock, just finished finalising another shipment to go up there of uh, fillies, mares and, and young colts um, for a 
we'll call it a burgeoning racing industry up there, I suppose. Wow. I didn't know about mm. that. They race them under, with hopefuls on, but under saddle. Okay. Whereabouts? What it's city made, in China? Made, uh, it's in Mongolia, which is a, it's right at the top of, I've been in top a, of China. I've been, in a, I've been in to in a, I spent a week in Inner Mongolia in China. I know where it is. Yeah, so it gets very cold in, in winter, very Correct. hot in summer. They've got a brand new track out there that sort of was, I don't know, built in the last three or four years, huge training complex. Um, they don't have gambling up there, as most would be aware. It's more just for competition and show and um, bravado and things like that. But look, no, there's been probably, in the course of the last decade, maybe 300 New Zealand standard bred exporters up there to try and cultivate a, you know, they're trying to get a breeding sector going up there, you know, develop their own stuff yeah. and things. So yeah. from time to COVID, COVID, COVID sort of delayed it, or, you know, put a halt to it for three or four years, but just sort of picked up now. So yeah, they, um, if you're curious, they like, they like to buy big, impressive looking horses rather than, nice. shall we say, fast horses. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got to go, mate. Uh, we'll, right. Got to go. We'll take, we we'll, might take you up on that a bit further uh, uh, next week, maybe. Uh, thanks for coming on. We'll catch up again next week. Thanks, Mike. Bye.